The transfer portal is staying active, and it is a new name now linked to the Indiana Hoosiers. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. The transfer news is not slowing down at all as the Hoosiers are uh, being very active, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But it's one name in particular that has popped up now that could be an interesting piece, a timely piece for the Hoosiers in the transfer portal. Indiana obviously lost Logan Duncan heading into the weekend. It wasn't a surprising loss necessarily, but it opened up a pretty big hole, literally, figuratively, in the front court at the center position because he was the only non-Malik Renew center the Hoosiers had on the roster. Without him, that means Malik Renew is your only center. Not surprisingly, there is a center now linked to Indiana, someone that makes some sense. Peyton Sparks uh, from Ball State entered the transfer portal, and the interesting thing of him is that he was very interested in going to IU out of high school. That did not happen, obviously. He goes to Ball State and plays really well at Last season, 13.3 points, 8.7 rebounds, almost a block a game. Shot 58% from the field. Struggled at the free throw line. Isn't a three-point shooter basically at all. But if Indiana needs a backup center, that certainly seems like the type of guy uh, that they could rely upon. 6'9", 240, so not tall necessarily, but could be a, a nice bruising big um, Indiana can't be too picky right now, but this is someone I think that makes a lot of sense for Indiana to bring in a, as a backup center. The Hoosiers have reached out to him. There's been some contact there. We'll see maybe later this week if it is, uh, a mutual interest, if it's something that increases. Indiana has a lot of work to do in the transfer portal and they need a center, just point blank. They have to have a big man <laughs> come to this team. Uh, he's a perfect backup big man if that's a role he's willing to take. He's probably not going to start. I was going to be more de- declarative in that. I don't think he would start. And if he's willing to come to IU and be a backup big man, this is the role for him. Indiana needs at least one backup center. They m- probably realistically need more than that, but... They don't have a ton of open roster spots right now. They need at least one backup center to come in. Sparks fits the bill. It was Peegs, Rabjohns that reported that IU had reached out to him. He he gave a whole list of names. I'm not going to divulge all of them because it was behind a paywall, and I'm not just going to throw that out there for free. But there were a lot of names mentioned that IU has reached out to. something to make a note of and we'll see later in the week if it becomes more with some of the names but the three big names continue to be 
Timberlake, Ledlam, Battle. Nick Timberlake, uh, Chris Ledlam, uh, Jameson, Battle. Timberlake and Ludlam had visits, in-home visits with Mike Woodson on Sunday as I'm recording this. There's been no news about that. We'll see. Something might come up. They might schedule some on-campus visits. Timberlake is as coveted as a uh, transfer as anyone in the country right now. I saw some suggestions in the comments that he's a an unathletic white guy with a slow release. I would encourage you to watch like video of him. Unathletic is not at all how you can describe him. The handful of videos and breakdowns of his game I've seen have included monster really big dunks at the rim, and that is not something unathletic people do. There might be something to the slow release, but when you have the range he has and you can just step back further away, then so be it. I also don't really think he has a slow release. Uh, Ledlam we've talked a lot about as a type of player that I think Indiana needs to move into a more modern kind of era of basketball. Same with battle. So we'll see. There's minimal chance IU gets all three of them there. Like I said, a lot of competition for Timberlake right now. Even if you think he's an unathletic like shooter, like just look at the teams going after him. He is a very, very coveted player. All the big teams want him right now. But as I said, Timberlake led them. Those visits took place on Sunday. It sounds like Jamison Battle uh, likely will have a in-home visit during the probably this upcoming week. It also has sounded like he wants to take visits on campus after Final Four weekend. So we'll see if the Hoosiers are one of those. It's interesting, not surprising how active IU is being in the transfer portal. We said this back in the fall. When IU missed out pretty badly on the 2023 recruiting class, there was a number of guys they did not land on. They were going to have to be active in the transfer portal. Here we are in the transfer portal, and they have to be active. They they have holes to fill, and instead of bringing in freshmen to fill them, they're recruiting the transfer portal. That's just going to be the nature of college basketball moving forward. You're going to have to recruit the transfer portal as hard as you're going to have to recruit the high schoolers and the difference is the transfer portals open for I think it's a month or 90 days or so. You'll have to recruit that really hard for that time period, but it's not like IU isn't recruiting on the high school trail either. Mike Woodson was at the state finals on Saturday watching Flory Badunga, as I believe how you pronounce his name. I could be very far off, but the Kokomo big, I'm sure you guys know all about him. He was there as well. So IU is being very, very active all over the state, doing or not just state, country. Lots of recruiting on lots of fronts. They're trying to get this roster right. It's, a, as we talked about, a little unbalanced. If you want to go back and listen to Friday's episode, uh, I believe is when we talked about it. It's a little unbalanced, but IU is doing what it can to try to balance it out across multiple fronts. So we'll see if they're able to finish that job in the coming weeks, land some of these big recruiting targets, these big transfer portal targets. Let's put some transfer discussion to the side because that's all there is really for today. And we need to talk about Big Ten and the NCAA tournament. There's a, a discussion, an honest discussion that needs to be had within the conference about why they continue to fail. We'll have that discussion here. In just a moment, 
First, though, Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you guys have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make your vote count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. If for no other reason, you head over there, throw a couple votes, make a couple clicks, and 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. One lucky Locked On fan will receive a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. Built are not like the other protein bars you guys have had or heard of. Covered in 100% real chocolate. They taste like a candy bar, but they are good for you. They make healthy, actually tasty. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff. Pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop on in and support your pick. Make sure you guys are checking out Locked On College Basketball. Make that your second listen today. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. This tournament is wild, man. We're recording this right after Miami makes the Final Four. We'll talk about them in a second, but there's a lot to discuss with this tournament. Isaac and Andy have you covered. Available on YouTube wherever you get podcasts. Big shout out to you guys for making us your first listen every day as well. Last week, shattered records in terms of downloads. So much love to you guys if you're listening, if you found us last week. Real quick, take a moment, leave a quick rating and review so we can continue to grow. We can build off this momentum. Helps us out immensely. Feeds those algorithm gods. Let's talk about the Big Ten. Uh, because they keep falling flat on their face in the NCAA tournament. This season, Michigan State was the only team to make the second weekend. IU in in Miami actually ended up being a game that determined which team would look more bad, basically, uh, because Miami is the only ACC team that did much this year. And if IU had beaten them, the ACC would be the one that had a, would have egg on their face. If IU had won, maybe it doesn't look so bad for Michigan State. I, I regardless of what would have happened this year, I uh, I was gonna say IU the Big Ten deserves some flack. This year is a little bit weird to compare. It's also you can kind of cherry pick these stats. There's one ACC team. There's two Big 12 teams that made the second weekend. There was one Big 10 team. You can kind of take those however you want. This is also just a weird year for the tournament. FAU and San Diego State are in the Final Four. Like, awesome for them. I can't imagine what it's like being on those campuses, uh, those fan bases, those teams. That is awesome for them. Miami is in the Final Four. Look, it... I don't let me know where you guys stand. I am a very salty fan. When IU lost, I didn't really watch a whole lot of basketball this weekend. I wanted to be done with basketball. I did not really want to watch or consume it. Does it make it better to you guys that Miami's in the Final Four? Because to be honest, I'm typically the kind of fan that wants to see the team that beat IU lose by a million points in the next game. It certainly adds some uh maybe Credence to the loss, I guess. I don't really know what the word I'm looking for here is, but if IU lost to a team that made the Final Four and for part of that game was in control, then 
It doesn't feel as bad, I guess, but it was still a season-ending loss in a game that you felt like you could have won. This is a weird year, though, to be doing some of the cherry-picking and the, oh, only one of this team from this conference and so on. But look, history is not on the Big Ten side in this debate. There hasn't. Everybody knows the stat. There hasn't been a champion since the Michigan State team. It's parroted out uh, each year, and so be it. I mean, the Big Ten deserves some criticism. Historically, they underperform in the NCAA tournament. It's a problem. It's a very real problem that I, I think the Big Ten needs to take a look in the mirror and address. Before I we kind of dive into any of this, I don't expect them to address it because it basketball isn't something that is a moneymaker. They don't really – money drives everything. And them failing in the Big Ten tournament – or excuse me, the NCAA tournament, I mean, it might look bad, but how much do they really care about looking bad? They still get money all the same. So, I mean, they, they could make a little bit more money with deeper runs, but I, I don't know how much that they really care about this. So I don't know that they're really going to worry about quote-unquote fixing basketball in the Big Ten. They should because they have the foundation for a great product, but they're not putting together anything close to a great product. The new commissioner that comes in needs to take a serious look at basketball in this conference. There are a number uh, of, of issues from top to bottom, the, from the officials to the play style to the coaching or the coaches, I should say. There's a lot of things that are branded as Big Ten basketball that shouldn't be badges of honor. And we'll mention, I'm going to mention that phrase a couple times, but this conference seems to take pride in the fact that they play this very unesthetically appealing brand of basketball. And then when it's time to play in the NCAA tournament, they aren't used to playing basketball games like that. And they fall. There is something to be said about not having too big of a takeaway from a one and done type of tournament, but that's, I think year over year, that's the case. Like I was saying, you can't really cherry pick stuff from this year, but I mean, we're working with a 23 year sample size that there hasn't been a big 10 champion. That's plenty big enough sample size to, to start drawing some conclusions. The biggest issue that it's going to not going to, that it causes big 10 teams is that recruits and transfers don't want to come to play in this type of conference. The recruits, they might, that might not impact them as much. There may not be as much awareness to it. They might still, top recruits might still come, but you get guys that come here and aren't ready for that style of basketball and then transfer away and, or they just don't find success here. I probably matters a lot more when it comes to transfers who, are aware that of what type of basketball they need to play in college, are aware of what type of basketball the Big Ten plays, are aware of what type of basketball different conferences play, and they can make a decision from there. But, I mean, for example, IU needs guards and athleticism on the perimeter. Those types of players don't want to come to the Big Ten because they're just going to get beat up for three months in the in the Big Ten conference. So, it's hard to get those guys to to come to the Big Ten. That 
those types of guys are going to Miami or going to Kansas State, things like that. So it is a it's a real issue that the Big Ten is facing. Again, I don't know that they're gonna they're going to fix it, but it is a very real issue. Let's talk about some of the things specifically that I think that they need to change from the officials to the play style. We'll do that here in a moment. Let's talk about FanDuel first. Stunningly, uh, I this Final Four is wild. And if you guys want to make some money or try to make or play some bets on the Final Four, uh, be my guest. But I can't give you any sort of advice on this one. Uh, if you want to head over to FanDuel, it is the perfect time. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim that no-sweat first bet. And then you can head on over to FanDuel. You can look up the future odds for the uh, who's going to win the title. Connecticut is unsurprisingly the favorite right now. San Diego State is your second favorite. Connecticut's minus 125. San Diego State's plus 360. Miami is plus 490. Florida Atlantic is plus 600. I have no clue who's going to win. None whatsoever. I'm not going to give you any advice there. But the good news is you don't need advice because you can place the bet. If you're right, you win money. If you're wrong, you get your money back in uh, with that no sweat first bet. So don't miss your shot. Add a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. So what is it about the Big Ten that needs changing? It starts with the officials. And this was a driving force, not just this season, it's every season. Officiating in the Big Ten is just horrific. There is no other way to phrase it, no other way to frame it. It is awful, Big Ten officiating, more so than in any other sport. Other conferences, other teams look in at the Big Ten and laugh year over year because of their officiating. Games are way too often dictated by officiating. It is insane how often it feels like if a certain official or a certain crew is on is on the game, you know what the that game's going to be. That cannot be the case in in college basketball and any basketball, but I don't know why that is the case. My the rule of thumb should really be we should not know an official's name because when they're doing their job right, they're fading off into the background and we don't remember their name. It's when they do things that make us want to look up their name, want to remember their name, that's when things become an issue. You can look at, I tweeted this, I believe it was during the Kansas State-Michigan State game, that the Big Ten had to be looking on horrified at what they were watching because it was a free-flowing, up-tempo game that was, there were no officials making calls, there was a lot of offense, and it looked fun. That's that's was my biggest takeaway. It just looked fun. That's not how you describe Big Ten basketball. Big Ten basketball does not look fun. And I know looking fun doesn't 
translate to wins. But we were just discussing when you need to pro- promote yourself to recruits and to transfers. Do you look at the Big Ten and say, man, I think uh, that, that looks like a joy to take part in? No. You look at it and say, maybe that's my best chance to win a title. I don't know why you would say that with the 23 years of evidence we have, but maybe that's my best chance to go to the NBA. Mike Woodson's kind of building a program like that with Trace and Jalen certainly set to join the NBA here in the the coming months, but I can't imagine anybody looks there and say, that looks like a fun brand of basketball to play. The officiating is the biggest reason for that off the bat. Those games are dictated by officiating. It is too often a central story of a game that an official did something, whether early, middle, end of the game, whether it was miss a call, make an insane call. There's not even any kind of consistency. You can't say, well, officials need to stop making these types of calls. No, they're just bad. That, like, across the board, in any situation, they are bad. And so that needs to be the priority number one. Whatever the new commissioner comes in, he should start looking at officiating in the, like, across the board, football, basketball, men's and women's. Like, it is bad across the board. But men's basketball is the one taking all the heat right now. That's the one... That's where they need to focus is basketball officials and getting things right there. There's a an issue with the play style as well. Part of that, I mean, a lot of that ties into the, the officials. Games look more like rugby games than basketball games at times in the Big Ten. And again, it should not be a badge of honor. You should not come out of a Big Ten game scratched up, bruised up, and bragging about what you just did, especially when it's a recurring trend. Like, that doesn't do anyone any good. If the end goal is to be successful in March, which there's some debates about whether it should be, uh, it's probably still a successful season if you win the conference or success is measured in different ways. But if the end goal is about how well you do in March, you shouldn't be bragging about your games looking like rugby games in January. That's uh, a very old school approach that the conference has in a modern era of basketball. We've been talking a lot about that. The double posts that IU ran most of this season and their approach to the game was very much an old school approach to the game. Does that correlate to the fact that they were the arguably the second best team in the conference at the end of the season? I don't know. Certainly didn't hurt things that they had two or three post players that uh, could beat guys up down low and play that brand of basketball, but... It didn't hurt things. I don't know if that is why Indiana was so good. But Big Ten basketball games should not feel as drastically different to the rest of games as it does. A game against Arizona, Kansas, Xavier, whoever it was at the beginning of the season, UNC, that game should feel the same as playing Michigan, Rutgers, Illinois, whoever it is in January and February. It absolutely does not. Those often feel like very different games, which is why when you get back into the NCAA tournament, it suddenly feels like a different game once again. My ultimate goal is this this too often feels like a badge of, my ultimate takeaway, I should say, 
So it feels like that badge of honor that we've mentioned that the conference takes pride in uh, what it is and what it is, is a historically underperforming conference. If they want to change that, there are a lot of ways, things they can do to change that. The coaches don't help though. Like Fran McCaffrey running around the sideline like he does and bullying official, like stuff like that. Like it doesn't help. Tom Izzo saying that they're the best conference in, in basketball and he doesn't care. I get that he kind of has to say that to a certain degree, but like these these things don't help. Tom Izzo probably does enjoy it because somehow he's the exception to most of these rules and that the Big Ten underperforms, but he typically doesn't. So maybe that's why he loves it. But the Big Ten has a very real problem. I don't, I mean, they don't, haven't really shown any urgency or willingness or desire to change it. So I don't know if they will, but if they want to find overall success in March again, they need to. They need to look in the mirror and start fixing some things. Maybe a new commissioner will come in and make those changes. Not optimistic, but we will see. Thanks again, guys, for making Lockdown Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you throughout the week with the latest on transfers. We're going to take a look at the women's team. We did, we talked a lot about what success was going to be in the, for them in the tournament. We didn't consider a second-round exit. So we have a lot of discussion on the women's team, the women's season, what's next for them as well. So for your second listen, check out Locked On College Basketball. Isaac and Andy have you covered everything you're going to want to know this week leading up to a historic Final Four. It's going to be the most unique Final Four I can remember in my lifetime. So Head on over there, give those guys a listen. They're available on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like I said earlier, uh, subscribe if you guys haven't. Leave that quick rating and review. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. All of that great stuff. Most importantly, though, guys, hope your week starts off well. And as always, LEO.